What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Week 7 preview uh, episode. It's myself and Garrett tonight, so we're going to do what me and him did last week, where we're each going to take one side of each matchup just to kind of keep it flowing, and so neither one of us rambles on too long. So we'll start right off with my matchup versus Joe uh, on my side. I don't know if anybody's noticed yet, but uh, I'm going to have to beat Joe down with the Baker himself this week. Um <laughs> You know, I got some decent matchups with, like I said, Baker and then AJ against Kansas City and then uh, some tougher matchups. Christian Kirk, I think, should avoid uh, Chris Harris on Denver's D there because they're still keeping Larry in the slot. So I don't think that's too bad. Jordan Howard's role going forward is going to be really concerning, um, especially with that goal line fumble last week. It's uh, tough to tough to see, and I don't feel great about him going forward. With Devonta going on IR, I mean, at least I have Ito Smith. Um, I think he could get another goal line uh, attempt or two and so he's really a touchdown dependent option there really concerned also about Trey Burton's target counts he's been able to get some touchdowns and some good yardage um, and he has been making those Travis Kelsey type plays that Nagy talked about just not that many of them so uh, his ceiling is pretty concerning and then I spent a good amount of money on Jermaine Curse because I think he's gonna take over the innumerable role like he did last week and uh, really play the slot and be able to get a lot of receptions there uh, so Garrett what do you have to add on that side uh, you think Curse? I mean, he saw ten targets last game, obviously, but you're not worried about Terrell Pryor, who's also been kind of a favorite of Donald uh, before there. Just real quick, uh, I don't really think so. Donald, I mean, not Donald. Uh, Pryor doesn't really run that much out of the slot. He's their biggest receiver. He's been running on the outside, and they like him in the red zone. But he's just not that talented, and I don't think he really has the uh, uh, route running ability to run out of the slot. His best plays really come when a play breaks down, and he can just kind of get free and run wherever he wants to go which is kind of what he did with Cleveland, how he got to 1,000 yards there because most of their plays end up breaking down and uh, going outside the pocket. Yeah, I guess we'll see who Xavier Rhodes is on that. But he'll probably, yeah, you're right, he'll probably be more prior than, than Curse. Right, that's another reason I think he'll kind of avoid the tougher matchups there because he's coming back from injury. Yeah, well, lucky for you, Joe has Antonio Brown on by this week. Yep. And unlucky for you, he now has Alvin Kamara back. Uh, obviously Tyree kill monster game last week. I don't see him doing 40 again, but I think he's a safe bet for at least 20, 25 points this week at home against Cincinnati. Kansas City going to be looking to bounce back after that really difficult loss against the Pats. Uh, Kiki Kuti, even though he's playing Jacksonville, being the slot guy there is actually going to create a fairly favorable matchup for him there. I think. He's going to avoid both Ramsey and uh, Bouye and get to go against the corner Patham, who is who Cole Beasley was just cooking all week last week. Gave up two touchdowns to Cole Beasley. Kuti obviously better than that, so I think he's a pretty safe bet for exceeding that projection. Obviously, Kamara going to be big. Maybe not as big as the first four weeks with Ingram back and against Baltimore, but probably closer to 15 than to 10 I would say he has Adrian Peterson right now I imagine he's just waiting on to see if Chris Thompson's healthy and then he's got the two tight ends there I would think that he's gonna take out Ridley who's dealing with an injury but I'm looking at his bench and he continues to keep Vance McDonald through his bye to add the three tight ends so I don't know what the fuck he's doing so 
Yeah, I mean, he's got DJ Moore there, who's been pretty disappointing so far and hasn't really developed. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him pick somebody up. With, but I agree on Ridley. Camaro will be interesting this week to see coming out of the bye with Ingram back. Um, I mean, Baltimore's pass rush last week was getting 11 sacks. It's pretty crazy. So I can see a lot of dump offs to him. But it'll definitely be interesting to see the post bye splits there. And I'll talk about it more later, but I think David Njoku is going to have a really good game against Tampa Bay. They just got wrecked by Austin Hooper last week. So uh, do you have anything else to add on this one? No, I think if he fixes the receiver option, I think he's, once again, got a pretty dangerous lineup even without A.B. Yeah, it's unfortunate. He's going to have to lose to me this week. (laughs) Next matchup, we got uh, Kurt versus David. Um, on Kurt's side of the ball, uh, Kurt Cousins against the Jets should be a pretty solid matchup. Um, Darnold's shown the ability to stay with some teams, even though Minnesota is going to be a challenge for him. But I think Cousins will put up uh, at least 20, 25 points. Corey Davis is uh, kind of concerning going against Casey Hayward, potentially, and in uh, London. So that's kind of a game I'd want to watch out for. And Corey Davis hasn't been that reliable. Uh, I think Mike Evans should have a pretty solid week um, against Cleveland. He might see a little bit of Denzel Ward. He should get in the end zone. Uh, Melvin Gordon is going to do what Melvin Gordon's been doing. Mixon against Kansas City, the second most points given to running backs in the league so far. I mean, Kurt's just got mostly good matchups all the way through here with the exception of Corey Davis, it's looking like. Um, on Johnson's going to be kind of his biggest question coming out of there by to see what the carry counts are uh, and see if Matt Patricia can come to his fucking senses. Uh, do you have anything to add there? No, I think Mixon could be a top-five play this week against Kansas City. It's going to be a shootout, like, since he might be playing from behind, but that defense is just so bad against the run. I could see them getting Mixon getting at least two scores there. Uh, yeah, Kurt's receivers have been an issue since he lost Cooper Cup to some guy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jameson Crowder, not startable. Robbie Anderson, probably not startable. It's tough. Dez Bryant, probably not startable. <laughs> I don't know why he still has Dez Bryant. <laughs> uh, but no, I think, I think Kurt's running backs give him a really solid floor. He just has to get, uh, he's finally got Crabtree in there. Who's got a really good matchup. So I think his receivers won't do too bad this week. Yeah. All right. And go ahead and break down David's side. Well, as I'm recording this, David is once again, trying to swindle people out of a, Wide, number one wide receiver for his collection of mid-tier running backs named Breda. Um, and it's kind of been the same story with David all year. Zeke and McCaffrey, both really good. Still waiting on Dalvin Cook to get healthy if he ever does. Breda looked good even – I mean, he had a score last week. We didn't look great. They, right, the Niners kind of went more committed than he probably wanted. Uh, but the story with his receivers, I think – It'll be a solid game for his receivers. Sneed was good last week. It's another solid matchup against New Orleans. Uh, Godwin, I think, um, figures to have a big game. Talk a little more about that later. Fuller has been really concerning for him. I trade him to David, and he's really kind of dipped these past couple weeks, whether it be from health. He's dealing with a hip and a hamstring now. Uh, Probably doesn't get too much against Jacksonville this week. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add on that side. Greg Olson looked like he's in good form last week. He's just always a re-injury uh, risk. And when he gets re-injured, it's in the middle of the game, not during practice usually. So that is always kind of scary. But, uh, yeah, I mean, David's receiver core, it's questionable. I think Godwin has a good matchup. But uh, I think Kurt's going to get back on track and give David the loss he deserved last week. 
I don't know. I mean, if Cook is healthy and if someone will take the bait on David's trade for Breda, I mean, a lot can happen between now and then, but um, David's running back floor is just so scary. But I, he's playing another right. team with really good running backs, so it'll be an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll move on to James versus Garrett. James aside, Mahomes is never fun to go up against. Uh, I think Robert Woods should see an increased target count with Cooper Cup out. I don't think Josh Reynolds is a really big threat to his, you know, any real target share, uh, but he could always surprise us. Devin Funchess kind of surprised people last week with a really good game, and he just looked really good. And going against Philly, um, you know, you can't really run on Philly, so there's going to be a lot of passing there. So I think in a potential passing shootout, he's going to get a lot of work. Galladay's been really eating up a lot of that target share there. I think he's going to continue. David Johnson, Denver's getting crushed by running backs. Uh, Todd Gurley, you know, has been did whatever he wanted to against them, um, and everybody else they've faced of you know significant talent has just run all over them. Lashawn McCoy could, you know, like I think you were talking about on Tuesday, have a pretty safe floor this week and in the next few weeks going forward with some good matchups. Uh, what do you think of Gronk this week? You know, I think I ask you about him every week now, but against Chicago, do you think because of their pass rush, he might get some more short dump offs, or you think that'll be more Edelman's game? Well, I think I would actually suggest the opposite. I mentioned uh, in the recap podcast yesterday that he they actually used him a little more in pass protection than he's probably used to. Um, and it, I think Khalil Mack's health is kind of up in the air this week. But if he's back, I could see Gronk going for less routes and doing a little more pass protection. Uh, that being said, he could probably – it's just so hard to trust him because he's only scored once this entire year. He's that was like the first game of the year. He touched 100 yards, and since then, just been pretty above average, but not Gronk like numbers. Right. All right. You want to take the other side? You mean the the winner side, champ side? <laughs> yeah, your side. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have some pretty solid matchups this week. Uh, Saquon at Atlanta. Atlanta's terrible against the exact type of running back that Saquon is. Leads the league in giving up catches to RBs, and that's all he can pretty much do at this point with Eli back there. Tyler Boyd has a really good pace for the year. Gets Kansas City. Should be coming from behind at Kansas City that week. John Brown had a down week last week, kind of concerning, but gets New Orleans to kind of bounce back. The only thing I'm worried about is DeAndre Hopkins going against Jalen Ramsey, but he's got a pretty safe floor, so I'm not too, too worried about it. Um, The only thing I would say is... James' team has Jackson, who's a little bit more blow-up potential than Coleman, but I'm feeling pretty confident. Yeah, I think Deshaun Jackson and James Winston really just have not gotten on the same page yet. They were missing just by inches last year, and they still really haven't connected much this year. So I wouldn't be too worried about it, but any week they could you know, finally get in, line, or get in step with each other and just go off for a couple of long bombs. So it's not the best flex to be looking at, but so far there hasn't really been a reason to be too scared. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next we'll go on to Jake versus Hop. Um, on Jake's side, he's got Stafford back after a bye, who's always got a pretty safe floor. Um, Emmanuel Sanders has been one of the biggest steals of the le- or of the year. The lowest score so far has been 11.3. 
Um, and he should, I think, avoid a lot of Patrick Peterson enough to, you know, score a good amount of fantasy points. Albert Wilson uh, is the self-proclaimed best yards after the catch receiver in the league. I don't know if you saw that. Um, no. Last week he looked like it, but the Bears just looked incompetent. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, but he's definitely a pretty explosive guy. James White versus Chicago could, like we were saying, get those dump-offs from uh, a lot of pressure being on Brady if Khalil Mack is healthy. Philip Lindsay has a really good matchup with Arizona. It'll just be interesting to see what that timeshare is between him and Freeman. Um, Kittle has been looking really good, and the Rams have shown they can be hurt by the tight ends. Beasley, we'll talk about it later in the uh, wa- or waiver wire section here, but Beasley does this every year where he has two to three blow-up games, and outside of that, he's completely useless. So it's a really tough guy to trust there, and I think Jake you know, has better options out there. He does have a lot of people on by. Um, but I, I think there might be better waiver wire pickups. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to ignore a guy coming up with two touchdowns, but I definitely don't trust Dak's offense yet. But if I was going to trust one receiver, it'd probably be Beasley. Uh, I mean, he had a two-touchdown game last year, too, but uh, outside of that, he was pretty useless. So, uh, I mean, it'll be interesting. You never know with him. He could always go off, but it's just so hard to predict. Yeah. And Washington's secondary is pretty solid, but they did just – I mean, it's tough to say against New Orleans, but they did get torched by Breeze last week. Yeah, I mean, I would say that he would avoid Josh Norman, but Josh Norman has been giving up like 150 passer rating to his targets this year. It's insane. He's been horrible. Mm. Uh-huh. You want to take Hopside? Yep, he's got some pretty solid matchups. I mean, Gurley and Thielen – yeah, nothing. There's really nothing to. They're going to get fifty at least. Yeah, probably sixty this week with Thielen at the Jets, uh, Gurley at San Francisco. Both pretty unspectacular defenses. Uh, starting Flacco, to a pretty solid streamer against New Orleans at home. Should figure to get a good amount of yards there. Uh, Allen Robinson against New England. It's tough to say what New England will strategize against because he and Taylor Gabriel have actually kind of split carries or split up, sorry, targets. And Cohen has also been pretty involved in that passing game. So whichever weapon that New England focuses in on, the other will probably have a pretty solid game. But if he sees Stephon Gilmore, he could have a pretty average week. He's been proven to be a little bit touch independent. Uh, Then Hops self-reclaimed genius move starting Chester Rogers could come to an end this week with Hilton coming back. Possibly uh, Powell could be a pretty sneaky, good play with Corral potentially injured against Minnesota who hasn't been too great against running back so far. Ebron has a good matchup, Josh Gordon, boom or bust, but looking more boom. <laughs> I mean, Hop not, has not the according, two to best... Hop. according to Hop. He's also... <laughs> I mean, he's got the two best players at, the skill positions so it's kind of tough to bet against him but oh i know hop after three or four weeks looking at Gurley and Thielen was like i'm a fantasy genius and now he just thinks <laughs> every pick he has like josh gordon lock of the week <laughs> well even frank gore on his bench looked pretty yeah, good last week fuck? too what is wrong with frank gore man i mean I that, that was wrong but what is what's wrong with the world that frank gore is still relevant he's it's bad. a freaky athlete but yeah i figure if uh Hopkin, I mean, I would even consider putting in Hooper or someone at the flex and moving Josh up to to sub Chester Rogers, but pretty solid lineup, honestly. Yep. All right. We'll move on next to Manny versus 
Andrew. Uh, so Manny's team, uh, he's got Deshaun Watson versus Jacksonville, uh, which will be a tough matchup. But uh, I think he has a decent floor with his running ability, and he's bound to probably just throw one deep ball that connects somehow because that's what he, his game is. But uh, I don't expect a huge ceiling out of him. Odell against Atlanta is one of the best matchups you can get. I think he should go off um, as long as Eli can hold his shit together. Edelman, I mean, we keep talking about who's going to, you know, benefit from Chicago's pass rush in that game, but I think he's, you know, one of the top – has has the most likelihood to be that kind of guy. Um, he's Tom Brady's best friend. They like to wear their Uggs together and do stupid commercials. <laughs> so, uh, Alshon against Carolina, it's really tough. I mean, he's had some up weeks and down weeks. He's looked good, but Carolina is, like, exactly middle of the pack against the pass. So, um, it's hard to predict what's going to happen there. And then Kareem Hunt should see a lot of work against Cincinnati, but they have Vontae's perfect back, and he's helps a lot up the middle. But uh, the, the Bengals have still been lower in the bottom half of the league in terms of points allowed to uh, running backs, I think. So he should go off there. Um, he's got to replace his you know second running back there, um, but I'm sure he'll figure that out. Travis Kelsey uh, has been pretty solid, should do what he's going to do. And then – Mohamed Sanu, I think, is going to kind of come back down to earth after having a bunch of good matchups. Um, yeah, and then Goskowski and Minnesota are going to put up a pretty solid floor for you every week. So what do you have to say on that side? Any comments? First comment, I've pleaded with my dad to get rid of just one of the other Green Bay running backs, and he refuses every time. So now he's got four players on by, and maybe two of them are useful at this point. Um but that being said, I think Jeffrey, you mentioned like he had one down week, but his target share is pretty undeniable with Wentz back there. Gets a ton of red zone targets with Ertz. So I think he's going to be pretty valuable going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he himself has looked good, and that also that down game was against Minnesota, <laughs> so it's not like that was unexpected. Um, I think that- I will say they have Eric Reed back in the secondary, which is probably going to limit the deep ball, but – Right, they, I think they like, held uh, AJ to a pretty mediocre score, so it'll be interesting. But I think he could definitely catch one or two touchdowns. I mean, the Eagles are a pretty uh, high-scoring team. So you want to move on to your side? Yeah, just looking at Andrew's team off the bat, Jameis had a big week in like the primus matchup at Atlanta last week, coming back, uh, being the starter. Not sure why he's benching Breeze, even though – Baltimore's defense coming off a pretty scary week, but I think Jameis is going to come back down to earth, especially against a pretty sneakily good uh, Browns defense. He has James' mistake, Stephon Diggs in a pretty nice matchup at the Jets. Uh, He has Watkins in there. My pick of the week last week, pretty disappointing week last week against the Pats, but I imagine if T.Y. Hilton comes back, he'll plug him into the Watkins spot. And then, like I said, he's got Michael Thomas back. Carlos Hyde's been a little disappointing, but has a pretty solid matchup coming up against Tampa. And then Sonny Michelle going up against a pretty tough run defense. Like you mentioned, James White earlier, I think, could see more usage this week. Michelle could kind of take a little bit of a step back this week. Um, But he's got Ingram. I think it's going to be interesting with the Ingram and Kamara split because last week it seemed like they were giving Kamara rest. They obviously had a huge lead over Washington – and we're able to have Ingram kind of salt the clock away. But Baltimore's defense is no joke. I don't expect the Saints to get to a big lead early. So we'll see how much Ingram's value is um, coming off the bye. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Sony Michelle, the only thing there is that uh, I mean, Frank Gore just put up, I think, what was 100 yards on Chicago last week, right? 
Yeah, but that was on the road against Miami. I think coming back home, they'll get their shit together. Yeah, they should, especially if Khalil Mack is there. Um, all right, and then we can move on to the final matchup um, between two of my fellow um, garbage dwellers here. Uh, George versus Jay, um, just beating each other with fucking trash bags and moldy sand. Um, <laughs> Andy Dalton uh, is probably the best matchup you could have right now against Kansas City. Should be coming from behind against a really bad defense. Keenan Allen, I mean, one of these days he's going to come back and blow up, but at this point you're just begging for it. We're already almost halfway through the fantasy season. Sterling Shepard could be in for a pretty good matchup. Landon's D has been pretty horrible. Um, you know, he could easily see 15 points. D.D. Westbrook, uh, you know, that Jacksonville receiver core has been really tough to trust, but he seems like the most consistent, um, you know, two weeks below 10 points. But outside of that, he's been actually pretty useful. Um, Crowell could be injured, could be out, and even if he's in Minnesota, it's a tough matchup there. So definitely going to have to do something else. Kenyon Drake, who knows what the hell Adam Gase is going to do with him. Hopefully he sees some targets, but I really don't know what to expect there. And kind of, I don't really know what to expect out of Evan Ingram, too, because he has a great matchup, but coming off of that injury, it could be difficult to trust there. Um, and Antonio Callaway just literally can't catch a football, um, but he could always break off a deep ball, especially against Tampa Bay. Do you have anything to add there? Yeah, every day I pray that God will give Leonard Fournette back to George um, just to make some sort of respectable score. But I think – Drake isn't a terrible play this week. Detroit's been kind of shaky against the run, and they have trusted Drake kind of mistakenly in the red zone so far, coming off that goal line fumble last week. Um, but he has some solid matchups with Shepard and Dalton and Ingram. Definitely. Do you want to break down Jay's team? Sure. I mean, it's no doubt that uh, Jay's receivers, great matchups. He's got Golden Tate back. Uh, he's missing Adams, but he has so much depth there. It doesn't really matter. But that being said, well, he doesn't have Lockett or Adams this week, so he's going to be forced to play three of his mediocre running backs. And Yeldon didn't do too much against Dallas. I still don't think he's going to do too much against Houston. He's listed on the injury report already. He's just not that spectacular, despite what Jay likes to pretend he is. Deion Lewis has been really disappointing for him. Not as disappointing as Henry, but still pretty disappointing. Uh, Buck Allen, he's going against the Saints. I think I would almost advise him to play both of the Baltimore running backs because the Saints, even though it looks like they've been good against running backs, they haven't really played a solid running team. Going against Barber, Hyde, Edo Smith and Coleman did just okay, but they gave up a ton of points to Barkley. So that's something I might look into if I was Jay, but his receivers all have pretty good spots this week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that Cam Brait was a little bit disappointing last week. We all thought he'd come back and be Winston's best friend. It looked like it with him getting the you know touchdown right off the bat there, and then that was the last time he was targeted that game, which was really disappointing. But uh, we'll see what happens. Well, OJ or... OJ came back after no time missed, so it was like. Well, even with OJ there last year, uh, Winston and Bray just had a really solid connection, so everybody kind of expected that to continue to some degree, but he really just favored OJ, um, just so it was it was just a little surprising. Uh, but yeah, um, so if you're good on that one, we can move on to the waiver pickups. Um, well, so the first one I have of significance is uh, Hop spending $3 on Miami D against the Lions. 
I mean, three dollars is a lot to spend for a defense, anyways. Even if they have the best matchup there is, and I, I don't really see what he's seeing there with the Lions being a great defensive matchup. What do you think there? Well, Hop did tell me that he was the best at fantasy, so I feel like I have to believe him. But yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, there's so many teams with better matchups, like even Indy against Buffalo. You could have got them for free. So, right, I don't see it, but. Like, Miami hasn't really put up any spectacular performances, so I, I don't see it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess on that same note, then, if we're going to shit on Hop, he also spent $17 on Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber hasn't done <laughs> anything, and he has Ronald Jones coming, you know, potentially eating his timeshare. He played Atlanta last week. Atlanta gave Ajayi 20 points, Christian McCaffrey 28, Kamara 34, Geo 25.6, James Conner 34.5. Nobody can get under 20 points if they tried against uh, uh, Atlanta, if they catch passes in the backfield. I mean, that $17, I don't think anybody else bid anything on. (laughs) I disagree on the price for sure. I think $17 is just insane for someone who's not in a running style offense. And like you said, might face some competition. Ronald Jones hasn't really shown much of anything thus far. But I think he was worth like a six, seven dollar flyer for sure, just right. based on running back need. But yeah, I wouldn't be seventeen dollars is seven, I mean yeah. Hop, Hop definitely needs a running back, but seventeen dollars is pretty pretty crazy. Well I'm just essentially looking at the fact that Hop spent twenty five dollars this week on two guys who he easily could drop next week. He's a genius of fantasy. I don't know if you saw his great analysis of people's records and stuff, but He's a genius. <laughs> His team is good, though, so I wouldn't be surprised if something worked out for him. Oh, I know. He seems to have everything going for him. Um, all right, so then we got Jay, as we mentioned in the group meet, or going for $5 on – or spending $5 on Will Lutz, which you should never, ever spend that much on the kicker unless it's Justin Tucker or Zerline. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I mean – I don't know what the difference – I don't really study kickers like most other people seem to. I have Zerline just as like a half joke. But I was able to get pretty solid production out of Fairbairn for the past couple weeks with Zerline out. So I don't really see the hype behind Lutz. Yeah, it's never worth it to spend that much on a guy who could easily get outscored by five guys sitting on the waiver that week. Um, And then the last one I have of significance um, outside of the pickup I made, of course, is – Jake spending, like I said, $9 on Beasley. Um, I mean, I, I get it picking him up to see what happens, but spending 9 bucks on him, I don't think it's worth that much to ensure you get Beasley, who may just not top five points ever again this season. Yeah, I mean, I that's like a – I don't know how much anyone else bid on him, but, again, I think it's worth having him on the roster, but $9 might have been slightly an overpay yeah, and then uh, I think the bigger overpay would be Raheem Mostert for six dollars. Oh, like yeah. I wasn't I even in the was... best case scenario with Breda like sort of hobbled. He looked okay, but they still have Alfred Morris, and they're not a team that's going to be running the ball a ton. Yeah, no, I agree. And they said, yeah, they're going to keep giving Morris work. So interesting there, but I guess I get the the thought um and then the last one obviously is my picking up jermaine curse for eight bucks there um <laughs> i didn't really expect anybody else to bid on him but i was like i, I really kind of need a guy to start this week and i think he's going to play that a role so um i mean if a was healthy and was on the waiver wire i'd definitely spend eight bucks on him so i'm not too worried about it what would i have to lose at this point <laughs> yeah i mean it's full tilt so curse curse was pretty good last year honestly with mccown uh so just 
we'll see if that momentum carries over this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, if you don't have any other ones to talk about, we'll move on to our pick of the week. So I'm going to go with, like I alluded to earlier, with uh, David and Joku um, playing against Tampa Bay. They got destroyed by Austin Hooper last week for around 20 points, and he's just an exceptional talent at the position. Uh, Baker really likes him a lot, and he's, I think, he had 11 targets each of the last two weeks, maybe a little bit more. Um, and, yeah, I just think he's pretty much bound to go off in a great matchup. Uh, I think he'll probably go for five catches or 85 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I could see that. My pick of the week is, talked about a little bit earlier, Chris Godwin. Uh, he's had one down game this past year with, he was kind of in the doghouse, but even with that down game, even with the bye, he's still wide receiver 35 on the year. And he actually leads that team with Mike Evans, OJ Howard, Cam Brate in red zone targets. Um, he got a score last week. He scored in every single one of his games beside one. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, Evans possibly being limited by Denzel Ward in that Cleveland secondary. I think at home, Godwin gets five catches, not a ton of yards, maybe 50, 60 yards, but definitely gets in the end zone. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, and then finally, we'll run back through the matchups real quick and just each give our pick in one little sentence if we want. I'm calling it. Destroying Joe's team, Baker Mayfield, 35 <laughs> points. Suck a dick. Uh, Joe, even if he leaves injured Ridley in, Colin finds a way to lose. Mm, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Curtis versus David. Uh, I think Kurt gets back on track here with a win, and David gets the well-deserved loss. I think David's receivers keep him afloat. And is whichever running back, Cook or Breda, pushes him to a win. All right. Uh, James versus yourself. Uh, I got to go with your team. It's been a juggernaut so far. Um, James Conner's gone, but I'm sure you can make it work. (laughs) James has been talking shit about my team with James Conner all year, saying I got lucky just having him. I'm going to suck when James Conner's out. Now he's going to be the first casualty with James (laughs) Conner out. Oh, murder it. All right. Uh, Jake versus Hop. Uh, I think I got to go with Jake this week just because his receivers are really solid. And then Albert Wilson, I think, is going to pop off and mask the Cole Beasley stench. I actually got to pick Hop here. I think he just has the two best skill position players, and one of his random dart throws is going to score a touchdown. Yeah. All right, we got Manny versus Andrew. Uh, I think Andrew, with his Saints guys back, gets the win again. Yeah, I think my dad's running back situation is just a little bit too difficult, and Andrew's team is too loaded now with Diggs. He's already in this time we've been recording this. He put Ty Hilton back in, so pretty sure he's going to win. Yeah. All right, and finally, uh, George versus Jay. Who's going to come out the biggest turd here? Uh, I think George gets another win here and brings Jay down to his level. Uh, It's a sad battle, but Jay ultimately has the better players in the receiving spots. Even though I could see his running backs again combining for less than 15 points. I'm going to go with Jay. Actually, you know, i got to change my mind. Jay's receivers are too good, and 
Georgia's team is just a dumpster. <laughs> I'm going. <"Hey." laughs> I'm sorry, George. Well, I want to. I want to root for you, but I just can't. It's not going to work. As it with every week, if George gets Fournette back, I'm gonna go with George. Right. But, that's that's the biggest thing. He's got to he's got to trade Jay for Yeldon. But he's not, so Jay's probably gonna win. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Um, we'll see you guys on Tuesday to talk about how I pulled out the miracle win against Joe. <laughs>